Hey guys, Kyle back with Kyle Burrows, unedited podcast, episode number 29. Um, wanted to get one out uh, before next week and before the fights happen. We're going to do a little, I'm going to do a quick hitting. Um, UFC fight night, Sandhagen, Dillashaw predictions. To me, uh, I know there's a lot of good fights on this card. I like to pick the main five, pick those. Um, kind of break them down. We're going to do a little kind of quick hitter say, then we'll get into some headlines and discussions. Obviously haven't been on since the Connor fight. So we'll talk about that. We'll do what's next for fighters from the Connor card and the, the fight night before that. Um, and the fight night after that was happened this last, the weekend before we'll get into a little NFL headlines and discussions, NBA headlines and discussions. And then we'll finish off my 2021 NBA, uh, mock draft 2.0. Um, Okay, so we got the mock draft ready. So here, let me get the... uh... Let's get the uh, fighter odds. UFC Fight Night Sandhagen versus Dillashaw. Odds. So as we go, we can do the... uh... We can get the odds on what they are. Looks like Sandhagen's a decent favorite right now. Okay. All the fights I'm picking, they do have the odds. Sweet. Sounds good. Let's go. Here he goes. Fight night. Odds are up. Okay, we're going to go off Bovada, of course. Here we go. Okay, so first fight, um, uh, predicting. Give me a middleweight bout between uh, Punalele Soriano. He is 8-0, taking on Brendan Allen, who... Uh, was three and zero in the UFC. Lost to Strickland. Won his last fight though. He's sixteen and four. Um, so it's a pick 'em. Minus oh no, it's minus one twenty. Soriano, plus one hundred to Brendan Allen. I'm I'm picking Brendan Allen via decision. I think it's gonna be a very good fight. Um, this is a massive step up for Soriano. Allen is right outside the top fifteen. I don't believe I have him ranked. Let me see my middleweight rankings. I do my own rankings. So. Uh, in the middleweight, I do. Oh, I do have him ranked. I have Brendan Allen ranked fifteen, so I actually have Allen ranked. Um, and I just think it's a two. I think it's a massive step up, and I think Allen takes care of business. Next fight, big one here. Um, Miranda Maverick versus Macy Barber. Barber's lost two in a row. These are two that you know the UFC's. You know, winner of this is going to skyrocket. The UFC thinks these two could either one of them could be champions, future of the division. Um, Barber is a plus 130 underdog, Miranda Maverick minus 160 favorite. I'm going Macy Barber. I think her back's against the wall. She knows that three losses in a row would really hurt. Um, so yeah, I like Macy Barber via unanimous decision. She is an underdog. So, I mean, yeah. Um, just saying if I like a little parlay of Brendan Allen, Macy Barber and TJ Dillashaw, which gives a hint to my pick in the uh, main event. We'll talk about that in a minute. And then as a featherweight bout, this should be a banger. Uh, Darren Elkins versus uh, Derek Minner. This should be a really good fight. Minner a minus one fifty five favorite. Elkins plus one one twenty five dog. I'm going Minner via third round TKO. Could be a doctor stoppage the way Elkins gets cut easily. I'm going Minner though via in this one via third round TKO. Uh, bantamweight bout, big one here. Kyler Phillips versus uh, Raline uh, Pavai Pave Pavai Pavai. I think is how you pronounce it. Could be butchering that. But uh Phillips a minus one ninety favorite. Pava a plus one a plus two thirty dog. I'm going Phillips via round two TKO. Phillips is a stud. 
Um, I like him a lot. I think he gets it done. In the main event, big one. They just announced that UFC 267, the headline will be Jan Blahovich versus Glover Teixeira. The co-main event will be Peter Jan and Aljamain Sterling too. The winner of Corey Sandhagen Dillashaw gets that fight. Gets the winner of that for sure. Probably early next year. Um, because, you know, that fight's going to happen in September, October, maybe December, depending on the injuries, depending on how healthy Al Jermaine and Peter Yan are. Possibly their December pay-per-view, but most likely I would say January. Um, I think if, San, to me, we've never seen Sandhagen go five. Um, Dillashaw, I've seen it plenty of times. You know, it's all about how Dillashaw comes back. Um, I really think he's going to come back the same guy, in my opinion. I don't believe he was using steroids, uh, before that fight, I think he only used it to help the weight cut um, to get down to 125. I think if Sandhagen's going to win, he's going to do it first two rounds, maybe third round. But I'm going Dillashaw gets it done late. Fourth round TKO, uh, TJ Dillashaw over Corey Sandhagen. He will fight the winner of Aljamain and Peter Dion. Um But I could see Sandhagen getting it done. Sandhagen is a minus 200 favorite. Dillashaw plus 160. That's a little wide for me. I can see why Sandhagen's the favorite, active, you know, looking at his last two fights. Marlon Marais and Frank Yeager look spectacular. Um, I think that's a little wide, too widespread, though. I like Dillashaw here, but I would not be shocked if Sandhagen won. It's going to be a really, really good fight. But yeah, we're going Dillashaw, fourth round TKO. So some headlines, getting to it. I haven't talked about it yet. Connor Dustin. Uh, Connor breaks his leg at the end of round one. Dustin wins via TKO, Dr. Stoppage. Um, so, you know, I see a lot of people out there saying, oh, you know, I, I don't, here's the thing I don't understand. 10-8 round doesn't make sense to me. You can say what you want. For me, 10-8 round makes no sense. Connor outlanded him 43-36 to 36 in that round. That's not a 10-8 round. Yeah, he was on his back. He was also doing damage off his back. The up kicks, the elbows from the bottom. He was also doing damage. Forced Dustin to get up. Um, you know, I'm not here to talk, you know, I'm not here to complain about Dustin's toes being in the cage. People can say, oh, it's not leverage it is because if you're connor you want to pull his body down to get into guard to cinch in that guillotine you don't want him up in the air and then being able to get into half guard then the guillotine's gone so you know to me it was you know it is what it is i don't think it's a legit win at all um i think connor will definitely be back for another go i don't think it'll be dustin right away and we'll talk about that with what's next um dustin's obviously going to fight Oliveira uh in december as the rumor december or november or december um yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's not a legitimate win. I don't get it. Anymore. And ten eight is just so blasphemous. People say, "Oh, look at just look at the way the fight was going." Okay, well, let's go back to Chandler Oliveira for the lightweight title. Oliveira got beat up, in my opinion, way worse than Connor did in that round one by Chandler, and then he knocks Chandler out nineteen seconds or twenty seconds into round two. This is fighting. Shit can happen fast. Shit can change. Uh, to me, it's blasphemous to say that that fight was over. Absolutely ludicrous. Uh, did Connor go too far off the talk? You know, I'm not huge on the family talk, but, you know, it's always been said by Mayweather, by, you know, other fighters, there's no line in fighting. This is fighting. You know, you're going to get in there and punch each other in the face. So there's no line, in my opinion, or in a lot of people's opinion. I don't like the family talk, but there really is no line for trash talking. Um. So, yeah, we'll get into what's next with that. But, yeah, I thought the I thought he was doing very well in the stand-up. Um, you know, I you know I, I I bet he's looking at it probably regretting going for the guillotine. I think he, he was fighting off the takedown well. I don't know if Dustin was going to get that takedown. I think Connor was fighting off pretty well, and then he tries to go for the guillotine. I think he could have uh, 
definitely just continue to fight the takedown and possibly get a separation there, and we don't even go to the ground in round one. But it is what it is. It's the fight game, right? Uh, Gilbert Burns gets a decision win over Wonderboy. Uh, Wonderboy, you know, I think he did he did the most damage, in my opinion. Definitely rocked Gilbert a couple times. Gilbert was able to get the takedowns, though, and that's just how it goes. Sucks for Wonderboy. I think if he would have won... If he would have won that fight, uh, possibly could have got the next title shot. It is going to be Colby Covington, though. Um, we're hearing September, or I mean October, November for that fight. So, you know, good for Colby. I'm glad Colby's getting the shot, but I would have wonder boy would have won because we haven't seen Wonderboy Usman. Would have loved to see, you know, a different matchup there. Um, O'Malley dominated Chris Moutinho. People can say what they want about Moutinho. Dude, that was an unreal performance. No, it was it was a... Bad performance. He got punched 300 times and landed like 60. The heart was impressive and the chin was impressive, but to say it was a good performance is absolutely ludicrous. 300 to 60. If that would have been... So who he was supposed to fight... Smolka. So Smolka, who's a very good fighter. If he would have landed 300 to 60 on Luis Smolka, we'd be having a way different topic. Way, way different... <clears throat> My bad, hold on. We'd be having a way different discussion. If that would have been Luis Smoke Up, we'd be having a way different discussion right now. It was not a good performance by Moutinho. He got his ass whooped in there. If we go to the judges' scorecards, I think we see three 10 8 rounds. I think we see 30 24, maybe 30 25 on all cards. O'Malley was very impressive. I don't think Garbrandt wants to fight. Just the way I was, wa- I was watching the fight companion when O'Malley calls out Garbrandt. I don't think they're not listening to the fights. Like, they're not listening with volume because they're, they're doing their own. Obviously, they're doing their own thing. You don't listen with volume. So one of the guys that is on Fighter and the Kid with Shab runs in and says, O'Malley just called you out. Um, and to me, you could look on the eyes. It wasn't, you know, I don't know. I don't think Cody wanted it. But here's the thing. I think Cody has already made the switch to going down to 125 next. I think his next fight is going to be at 125. It sounds to me like after that loss to Font, they had the discussion where he's going to fight at 125. So it's not that he's ducking O'Malley. Because I think he's already made, he's already in his mind and probably in training, he's already made the move to 125. So it's, it's not like he's ducking O'Malley. There's still a bunch of fights for O'Malley. Edgar, great fight. Um, Dominic Cruz, great fight. Jimmy Rivera, great fight. There's a lot of good fights. So, I don't think Cody Garbrandt's ducking O'Malley, but I also, I just don't think he wants that fight. You know, I think it's, I think it's good for Cody. Try to go down to 125 to, you know, revitalize your career. I think COVID definitely hurt him in the Rob Font fight. I don't think he fully recovered. But yeah, O'Malley dominated though. A little UFC 265 preview. There's going to be one more fight added to the main card. I don't know when they're going to choose that or if they're just going to bump up a prelim fight. Uh, Luis Gane is the headliner for the interim heavyweight title. Nunez Pena, co-main event for the women's featherweight t- women's bantamweight title. Aldo versus Munez, bantamweight bout, and Chiesa, Vicente Luque, welterweight bout. That card is incredible. Don't understand why Nunez isn't headlining it, in my opinion. I get why the UFC is doing it. It's in Luis' hometown. They want him as the headliner. They want him on the marquee, so... Uh, Nunez should get the respect, though, and she should be the headliner. Uh, UFC 266, their first three fights. I don't know if they've announced any more since, but Volk Ortega for the featherweight title. Uh, Shevchenko versus Lauren Murphy 
for the women's flyweight title. And then Nick Diaz, Robbie Lawler in a five-round welterweight bout. Unbelievable. That card, those top three are great. Can't wait for that card. Um, Islam gets the finish in round four versus Moisai. Looked good. Um, jump it up. UFC has jumped him up to top five. I have him at seven or eight, I believe. I have to look at my rankings. I guess we can check the rankings. Yeah, I have Islam at seven um, in mine. Uh, but yeah, good. he looked good. Uh, Misha Tate looked very impressive in her comeback fight. She looks like she's ready to make a run. We'll get into what's next for her. Gets a third-round TKO. Nobody's ever finished. Um, what's the lady she fought now? I forgot. I just blanked on her name. But yeah, nobody has ever finished her. Um, but yeah, unreal. Uh, Misha Tate's ready for a run. Uh, boxing headlines. Jake Paul, Tyron Willie moved to Cleveland. It'll be on a Sunday, August 29th. Uh, can't wait for that. Jake Paul and asked about Conor McGregor. I don't want to fight losers. Okay. Well, he's fighting Woodley, who's on a four-fight losing streak. And he fought Askren, who's on a two-fight losing streak. The dude just, he doesn't, I don't think he thinks sometimes about what's coming out of his mouth. That that, that quote was uh, immediately, he was immediately uh, slandered on social media for that quote. Uh, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder 3, postponed till October 9th due to COVID outbreak in Fury's camp. So that's kind of sad. It was supposed to be this weekend. I was definitely ready to watch that. But yeah, it'll be uh, October 9th now. Earl Spence versus Manny Pacquiao, official for August 21st. Believe it'll be in Vegas. I'm thanking the T-Mobile Arena. Who knows, though? But that's outstanding. I think Manny has a better chance than people are giving him, too. Uh, Canelo Triple G could be next, but now it's not next. So it was rumored Canelo and Caleb Plant were not getting anywhere in negotiations. Canelo's team then threatened that, all right, we're going to take GGG, or I, I can't remember the other guy's name. And now... Uh, they will be fighting on PBC for Fox. Canelo versus Caleb Plant for the unit. Canelo can be Canelo or Plant will become the unified. Is it super welterweight? It's either super welterweight or middleweight champion. I believe super welterweight though. That will be a unification bout. Don't know when that's happening. May, September maybe. It was the rumor, but yeah, that'll be great. Uh, I love that Canelo is just he's collecting belts, man. All right, so let's get into a little what's next. Um, my number eight. Um, uh, ranked uh, women's bantamweight, Jennifer Maya. You know, she got a big win. Uh, you could do Caitlin Chikagian, who's ranked four for me, or Joanne Calderwood. Oh no, uh, Maya's twenty one twenty five. My fault. It'll be a uh, Caitlin Chikagian or Joanne Calderwood. In my opinion, should be next for Jennifer Maya, Irene Aldana. Uh, so we can cross one out here. I have Misha Tate's number one as Irene Aldana, and I have Irene Aldana's number one as Misha Tate. I think that's the fight. That's a fight to make. And then I have Aldana. Possibly she could fight Pennington. If not, I say Tate could fight Pennington uh, in a rematch because she's really upset with that loss. That was like the last fight she had, and she was really disappointed with her performance. It was you know camp wasn't good, you know personal life wasn't good. But yeah, Aldana Tate I think is a great fight. Uh, Michelle Pereira. Um, Got a big win over Nico Price. Randy Brown or Tim Means will be very fun. One of those two I think is a great fight. Max Griffin got a win over Carlos Condit. Uh, Alex Morano or James Krause will be great. Taito Avasa, obviously a win over uh, um, Greg Hardy. Walt Harris or Ben Rothwell, great fights there. Sean O'Malley, sounds like Cody's no. That was my number one. I'd move Frankie to the number one option. Dominic Cruz to the number two option. Uh, Wonderboy, 
I think, you know, there's a lot of guys booked up. So I have, you know, maybe give Bilal Muhammad a big big fight since, you know, he lost out on the Edwards fight because the poke to the eye in round one. Maybe you do Wonderboy versus Bilal, or you could do Wonderboy and Neil Magny. Uh, Gilbert Burns, he's calling out Masvidal Diaz. Um, I think Leon Edwards should be the number one option for him, and then Jorge Masvidal too. For Connor, upon return, which won't be till April, May, you know, maybe even June, July. Nate Diaz or Tony Ferguson, if, you know, depending on where Tony's at. I think the Nate fight's always there, so that's going to be the number one option. I don't think he gets Poirier four coming back. I think he's going to have to win a fight. So Nate Diaz would be the the ideal matchup. For Dustin Poirier, obviously it's Charles Oliveira. Um, I'm doing a fun one just just to see, you know, maybe Dustin goes a big fight route. It goes different, doesn't go for the title. Colby Covington grudge match. You know, they've been talking a lot of shit to each other, former training partners. Why not? But I think Colby, obviously Colby's going to fight Usman. Poirier is going to fight Oliveira, so that's the matchup. We went over Misha Tate. Islam, I'd say Dariush or uh, Rafael Dos Anjos will be the matchup for him next. So, yeah, that'll close out the MMA talk, and we'll do, we're going to head into NFL. All right, here we go. So, a little NFL talk, just some discussions. Uh, these will be very quick hitters. Um, you know, NFL trying to force the vaccine upon players now. Uh, I get what people are saying that the NFL has to do what's best for them. You know, obviously, you want your guy. They want guys to get vaccinated because uh, now the rule is an unvaccinated player. Um, if he, you know, gets COVID and can't, the team can't play, it could be a forfeit now. So, not a fan of it. But I guess the NFL is going to do what they're going to do. Um, I heard there is a team. So it's basically now. Let's say you're you're battling to make the roster. You're one of the last guys to make the fifty three. They're going to choose a vaccinated guy over an unvaccinated guy. But I heard there is a team or two that has seven or eight players. Two teams have seven or eight players that are uncuttable. That are refusing to get the vaccine. Um, some people are saying it's the Bills and the Cardinals. Some people say it could be the Colts. Um, but right now they're standing firm that they're not going to get the vaccine. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Green Bay and Devontae Adams in their extension talks. Mm. Not good in Green Bay right now, huh? Not good at all. Uh, you know, could they trade Devontae? It's possible. I heard the Niners are very interested. Um, the Niners are very interested in Devontae Adams, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, not good in Green Bay. I don't think uh, a lot of people are. We'll break this now. So Rodgers turned down the deal for the Packers from the Packers that would have made him the highest paid player, highest paid NFL player ever yearly. I'm hearing it was in the sorts of like fifty five, sixty million yearly. Two years, like one hundred twenty million. Um. Now I heard there's a the the bookies, the sports betting play, people. Have uh, dropped the Packers have have uh, have have stopped allow betting on the Packers win total because they are hearing Aaron Rodgers is going to be retiring next week. Yes, that is the rumor that Rodgers will be retiring next week, and so they've stopped all betting. Uh, who knows what they're gonna? Yeah, they're gonna stop all betting now, so that once if Rodgers retires or if they find out if he's you know retiring or not, they'll low obviously they'll lower that win total because I believe Green Bay goes. God, that Vikings should run away with that division, huh? I mean, 
You got the Bears. Who knows what they're going to do at quarterback? Andy Dalton, even if they go fields, are they really going to be able to win 10 or 11 games? Probably not. Um, you got the uh, the Lions in a rebuild with uh, Jared Goff. They're not going to be there. The Packers are going to have Jordan Love. So, uh, yeah, uh, Vikings should run away. That should be, you know, if you're looking at gaps between one and two in divisions this year, You'd have to say the Vikings are up there at one or two or three. You know, Chiefs should probably, even the Chargers getting better, I think the Chiefs will still win by three or four games. Vikings should possibly win this one by like five or six, though, man. I mean, I don't see any of those teams winning more than eight games. Maybe even seven. I see the Vikings getting 11 wins this year, possibly 12. So, I don't know. You know, depending on how Jameis and the Saints are, the and Matt Ryan and the Falcons, the Bucks could win by three or four games, too. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out, though. Seattle has offered Jamal Adams a record deal, which would make him the highest-paid safety in the league. Um, I'm sure Jamal's going to take that. Why would he not? Unless he's just negotiating for more guaranteed money at this point. Who knows? Uh, Fred Warner becomes the highest-paid off-ball linebacker in the NFL. Five years, $95 million, $40.5 million guaranteed. Um... So what is that around? Twenty. Around nineteen. Is that nineteen million? Nineteen thirty-eight. Nineteen million a year. So now Darius. I heard Darius Leonard's going to get four years, eighty million, to make him the highest-paid yearly. At twenty million a year, uh, from the Colts. Um. So yeah, and linebackers getting paid. Uh, Lamar could get forty to forty-five million a year. He said that he at least wants Prescott money. Obviously, he's not getting Mahomes money. No one in the NFL besides Rodgers, and maybe not even Rodgers because of his age. I mean, the Packers had to keep him though, so nobody should get fifty million a year like Mahomes. Not even Brady for his you know at his age, and Brady doesn't need it. Rodgers really doesn't either if he doesn't want it. But obviously, he doesn't care about the money. He wants to go somewhere else. But it sounds like you know it could be retirement. And sadly, for fantasy people and just for the Rams, Cam Akers tears his Achilles. God, out for the year. I thought he was going to have a massive season. Um, PPR guy, he's good at, good at catching out of the backfield. You know, I think Daryl Henderson, you know, he'll be the number one now. He's, you know, he's a – Daryl Henderson is a, you know, probably their touchdown. He's a goal line guy, bigger guy. But still, I think Akers in a PPR league for fantasy owners would have been huge. And the Rams, that's a big miss. I think he was he's gonna was gonna have a huge season. So now we're getting a little NBA headlines and discussions. Obviously, the finals is over. The Milwaukee Bucks were down 0-2, come back to win the series 4-2. Giannis wins finals MVP and scores 50 out of the 105 in game six. I'm gonna address. I said that Giannis could possibly be now the best player in the world. I didn't say he was. I have him at three. I'm going to give LeBron Durant next year and Giannis and to see if LeBron Durant are still that guy, if LeBron can actually return to form after the injury and still be the best player in the world. But Giannis is right there. He's right there now. He's coming. KD and LeBron, Giannis is coming. I picked the Bucks to get to the finals. I picked them to win the East. I did not pick them to win the finals because I thought the Lakers would be there. Lakers a little too banged up. I told you Giannis was coming. Here he is. 
He's arrived. So, uh, you know, what's that? Would CP3 actually leave the Suns? It really depends to me. He's not going to go to the Knicks. Are the Knicks in a really in a better... The Knicks are not in a better situation than the Suns. The Suns are going to return their starting five next year. All of them. If CP3 comes back, their entire starting five will be back. And Cam Johnson off the bench. And Cam Payne, possibly. I do think they need to get a little deeper on the bench. A little better. Bringing some more vets on the bench. Good vets that fit the system. Only way I see him leaving is if he could do a sign-and-trade to where he goes to like the Lakers or the Clippers. I don't see him leaving the Suns, though. I really don't. Um, obviously, the Lakers are interested in sign-and-trades for the Clip- for CP3 and Russ. I just if, if that can't happen, and I don't know why he won it. He's got everything he wants. I think, yeah, it's, I told everyone, too. Everyone said this, this is a good finals because it's equally as important for the Suns and the Bucks to win the championship. I said no. It's way more important for the Suns to win it this year. Because in my opinion, fully healthy, I would put the Suns as the fourth or the fifth best team in the West. Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, one, two, three. And then I would say, and this is going out postseason. I don't care about regular season because Utah's obviously going to win 60 games. They're a regular season team. They're not one of the best teams, in my opinion, in the West. I'd have them at six. Then you got the Nuggets. I do think, yeah, Jamal Murray, if Jamal Murray was there, I think that series goes six or seven. I still think the Suns were better, though. Like, I don't think Jamal is four games that important. I don't think you can label Jamal games as a guy that is going to win you four games when you got swept, in my honest opinion. So fourth or fifth. That's why I said the Bucks are the second best team in the East. Maybe the first. But... The Suns, this was this was important for them, more important for sure, because I don't know if they get back. Not when Chris Paul's there. Maybe Booker gets a young duo, you know, in a three or four years, and then they get back. But with Chris Paul at his age, I don't feel like they're getting back with Chris Paul. Uh, Bradley Beal wants to play for Boston if he's if you know if he can work out a trade. He, he there's rumors he's going to request the trade. He'd love to play with Jason Tatum. If you're the Wizards, not bad. If you lose Beal. You could bring in Jalen Brown and other assets, you know, um, and you get a young guy in Jalen Brown to build around now. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's not – that is one of the better trades for the Wizards if they get Jalen Brown for Brad Beal. Rockets are now aggressively trying to trade for the first overall pick. Um, they want Cade is the rumor. I mean, obviously that's the only reason because everyone said that, you know, at two they'd be picking Jalen Green or Mobley. Unless they have a weird thing that they think Detroit's going to take somebody else that they want, but I doubt it. It's got to be for Cade. What are they offering? I can't wait to hear when they come out with the offers. I'm waiting to hear that because the offer's got to be massive. Even moving from two to one. You're probably giving up future two future first also. And you're probably giving up a young... You might be giving up a guy like Kevin Porter Jr. Um... Jay Sean Tate, who knows? Would be interesting to see. Lowry and DeRozan willing to take much less money to team up in LA with the Lakers. Here's my response to that. Come on down. Come on down, Lowry and DeRozan. I'd love it. Obviously, it'd probably be a sign and trade. Schroeder for Lowry, 
and then DeRozan signs on a small a, a short term deal, maybe our mid level exception. He signs a one year mid level exception to try to get a title. Like we talked about, Lakers interested in signing trades for CP3 and Russ also. Uh, so let's just go top five favorites to land Kawhi here. Um, I do think I have the Clippers at one. I think he stays with the Clippers. Wouldn't even be shocked if he opts into the player option, which I believe he has to decide by is it July thirty, July 28th, the day before the draft, I believe. You have to decide, I want to say. Uh, second favorites, and again, I think there's a gap from one to two. I do think he stays with the Clippers, whether it's he opts out and signs a two- or three-year, four-year, five-year deal, or he opts in, you know, for the one-year deal, becomes unrestricted next year when it's a massive market. Uh, two would be Dallas. I think it'd make the most sense. Um, I think he, you know, Paul George proved a lot of people wrong, including myself, this postseason. But Kawhi gets a guy that's for sure going to show up. And uh, Luka Doncic. So that'd be amazing. Another one, Miami. Um, they can clear the cap to get Kawhi. Um, they'd have to lose they'd lose a lot of their guys, but they could just bring in a ton of vets to play with them. You have a big three of Butler, Bam, and Kawhi. You just need guys that know the role. Four would be Boston. Would have to be a sign and trade probably for Jalen Brown. Go play with Jason Tatum. Um, I think he fits perfect next to Tatum because he, you know, he can he can handle the ball really well. Plays really good defense. Obviously, one of the best defenders in the league. And then five would be the Knicks. I have him at five because Kawhi wants to win titles. If Kawhi goes to the Knicks, what does that make them next year? The third or fourth best team in the East. You know. Obviously, you're going to stamp. Uh, the Nets and Bucks one and two. Miami's going to be good. Philly's still going to be good. Boston's going to be good. Yeah, like fourth or third. I think third would be their ceiling. So yeah, that's why I have the Knicks so low because I don't think it's a team that he looks at saying, okay, I can win multiple championships. Uh, Cavs want to move on from Kevin Love. Be interested to see who wants to take on the rest of that two-year $60 million. Uh, maybe a team gets desperate. We'll see. Um, Warriors willing to trade both of their lottery picks to get another star. Interested in Dame and Beal. As long as Dame tells Portland that he doesn't want to be traded, they're not going to trade him. And he's done that. He denied the request. And he even said, I fully expect to be in Portland next year. So if you're Portland, you're looking to get guys to play with him now. Uh, five trades for Dame, though. Just go through. I threw in five teams. Um, most of them in the East, because if you're if you're Portland, you don't want to you don't want to see him be in the West, especially Golden State. So we'll start out with Golden State. You'd, Golden State would have to trade more than most because you'd be developing a super team, and they'd have to see Dame in the West. So it'd be James Wiseman, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Eric Paschal, and pick seven and fourteen in the twenty twenty one draft. Probably even a twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three first rounder. The Warriors would also receive Robert Covington to make the uh, salaries match. The Knicks, R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, Kevin Knox, Alfred Payton, picks 19 and 21 in this draft and a 2023 top 10 protective first rounder from Dallas for Dame. Philly, Ben Simmons, Shake Milton, Tyrese Maxey, George Hill, a 2022 and 2024 unprotected first round pick, and... Uh, Philly also receives Robert Covington to make the salaries match. This trade would definitely... These trades would only be if Dame's like, okay, I'm out. I want out so bad that he's not going to play. 
Miami, Tyler Hero, Victor Oladipo, Preston Chua, and a 2024 and 2026 unprotected first-rounder, possibly even a 2022 protected first-rounder, probably, actually. And Boston, Jalen Brown, Aaron Neesmith, Grant Williams, a 2022 unprotected first-rounder, a 2023 first-round swap, and a 2024 unprotected first-rounder, and a 2026 unprotected first-rounder. So those are the trades, and now we're going to get into the final part of the podcast today. We'll be back Tuesdays and Fridays. I know I've been off for a while, but we will be back Tuesdays, Fridays. So here we go. First round mock draft 2.0. We'll have one more mock draft Tuesday. We'll be my 3.0. I'm going to, you know, the rest of this weekend and Monday, early morning Tuesday, figure out, you know, what, what teams are hearing and stuff, and then we'll go from there. Okay, so obviously... Detroit, if they stay, and this is all if teams, I'm not predicting trades, so this is all teams staying where they're at. Cade Cunningham goes number one overall to the Detroit Pistons. He's by far the best player in this draft. He will be a franchise player for Detroit for the next 15 years. You have to pick Cade Cunningham and longer, 15, 20 years. Houston at two. I was thinking Mobley the entire time. Now I'm hearing they like Green or Suggs. Green more is what I'm hearing. So I have Jalen Green going two to the Houston Rockets. Unbelievable athleticism. Again, a chance to be a franchise player. In my opinion, the top six have all the makings of being franchise players. Um, Jalen Green's special. So I'd love that pick for Houston. Cavs at three. They like Evan Mobley. Um, which they have a center, but I think they could play Mobley at the four. He's athletic enough to play the four, I think. You could play Mobley and Allen together. Um, so yeah, Mobley. By far the best center in this class, not even close. Has the potential to be one of the best centers in the NBA at some point. I mean, you know, the Cavs could go. The only other pick I think would make sense would be Kuminga. Maybe Suggs if you don't, if you trade Garland. Um, But yeah, I got them going Mobley. Toronto, sounds like they're going to be losing Lowry. So I have them picking Jalen Suggs, the point guard out of Gonzaga. This is an easy pick. He has he could be the second best player in this draft, possibly the first with his uh, talent. At five, I had Kuminga, but now I'm hearing the Magic love Scotty Barnes. So I have Scotty Barnes going five because that's what I'm hearing. And I want to be correct. So I uh, I think on Tuesday I will do one. I'll do both. I'll do what I th- what I think will happen, and I'll do what I would do, how I would pick it. Um, but yeah, Scotty Barnes, unbelievable two-way guy, great vision, good rebounder, got to work on the jumper, shot 24% from three, definitely got to work on the three-point shooting. Jonathan Kuminga at six to the Thunder. Thunder would be thrilled if Kuminga's here. I think they'll take either Barnes or Kuminga, whoever, whoever is there at six, one of them two. Um, but yeah, I got Kuminga. I, again, he may have the highest ceiling in this class. It's very possible he does. Um, Golden State at seventh, one of their two lottery picks. I have them picking Davion Mitchell. Fits Golden State well. Can shoot it, create, and play defense. Fits them perfectly. Um, you know, Jer- Jared Butler is their best player for most season, and then Davion Mitchell took over late. Um, so, yeah, but I got Mitchell going to Golden State. Magic with their second of their two lottery picks, and they get it five and eight. Um so now really you have your starting point guard in Cole Anthony with Fultz off the bench. Your small forward is 
Barnes or Isaac playing either one of them, both of them will play three, four, and then Wendell Carter, go get your two guard. Moses Moody, six five, six six, can score off the bounce, catch and shoot. So much, so so much good stuff in his off in his uh, offensive game. I love him, and I think that's a great pick for the Magic at nine. Kings, yeah, you need about anything. I like Franz Wagner here. I think his upside is one of the highest in this class as well. Six nine, six ten, small forward. Um, can shoot it, play deep, very good defense, very smart basketball player. Love this pick for the Kings. Uh, for the Pelicans, I think two guards the spot to address. Uh, James Booknight can score it at all three levels. Uh, definitely got to improve the three-point shooting, but he's not coming in awful. I think he will be a very good three-point shooter in the NBA. So Pelicans take book night. Hornets, I didn't know what to do here. Um, I'm here. I've heard that they love Kispert or book night. So I'm going Corey Kispert here to the Hornets at 11. Probably, obviously, the best three-point shooter in the class. You know, I think he can jump into the rotation immediately and be a catch-and-shoot guy. So, yeah, that good pick for the Hornets, in my opinion. They need shooting, too. Uh, Spurs, they're going to take Keon Johnson. I have them taking Keon Johnson. Uh, unbelievable athleticism. You know, fit right next to DeJounte Murray. Uh, so, yeah, I love that pick for the Spurs. Pacers, your starting five is very good. You know, Brogdon, Lavert, Warren, Sabonis, and Turner, if they can all just stay healthy. I have them going with Josh Giddy, the point guard, shooting guard out of Australia. 6'8", six, 6'9". Can handle it. Got to improve the three-point shooting for sure. But I think he's a great a guy for them to mold. Um, I think they're one of those teams It's a luxury pick for them because I think being healthy, they would have been a lot better of a basketball team. They probably would have been a top-six seed in the the East. So right around the 6-5-7 area. So, yeah, I like Josh Giddy here to the Pacers. Warriors, Kai Jones from Texas. A guy that can run the floor, will be unselfish, can play defense, uber-athletic. That fits Golden State perfectly. They're going to want uber-athletic guys or shooters and guys that play defense. Kai Jones fits perfectly. At 15, Wizards, center could be addressed for sure. I have them taking Alperin Sengun, the 6'10 center from Turkey. Very raw talent, got to develop his game more, but I think it's a really good pick, especially the Wizards. If, if Beal and Russ are out, you're moving into a rebuild. I think it's a good guy to bring in. Oklahoma City, they picked... Uh, Jonathan Kaminga, I have them picking point guard Sharif Cooper now. Um, so now you fill, you fill in the, the point guard spot with Cooper to play next to Shea. Um, you have your power forward in Kaminga. Center could be addressed. Not many great centers here in the first round, though. But, yeah, I love Sharif Cooper here at 16. I th- if it was me choosing, like, you know, doing what I think should happen, Cooper would be going much higher. At 17, Grizzlies take shooting guard Zaire Williams. Again, very raw talent. One year out of Stanford, I think he has a very high ceiling as well. Grizzlies have a, they're, you know, they're very deep, but this is a guy they could bring in and mold into, you know, their next shooting guard. Uh, Thunder, again, I got them going. Jalen Johnson, small forward out of OKC. They could address center here, but small forward's also a need. Not really many good centers here. You're not wanting to reach. Jalen Johnson, obviously didn't Duke didn't go well for him, but. Very raw talent. I think he can be good. I worry about his motor and his drive to be good, but I think OKC can take a swing here because they're in a long rebuilding process. Knicks, I think point guard needs to be addressed, especially with uh, Derrick Rose probably not coming back. I got Jared Butler from Baylor going here at 19 to the Knicks. You know, very good defender, can score at all three levels. Would lo- The Knicks would be glad to have him. 
Atlanta. Um, who knows what's going to happen here? They have a lot of guards and a lot of wings. Who knows what's going to happen with John Collins? So I have them going Isaiah Jackson here at 20. Um, very athletic, long, good defender. Needs to develop the offensive game more, but he can do that. But I love this pick. Just athleticism, defense, great pick here. Next up at 21 again, I have them going power forward. You know, who knows what's going to happen with Randall. Uh, Toppin could be moved to bring in a star. So Usman Garuba, the power forward from Spain. Uber athletic. Love this guy. Um, very high ceiling as well. Good pick for the Knicks. Lakers. Again, if you're Lakers, you're looking for guys that are ready now. Shooting. Chris Duarte, probably the second best shooter, in my opinion, in this class. Can defend. And he's 22 years old. He's ready to play now. Uh, for the Rockets, another pick. So they picked. So far they've picked. Okay, they just picked Jalen Green. Um, I have them going point guard here. Uh, guy can come in. Jaden Springer be back. can learn from John Wall for a year before John Wall's contract is up, and then he can take over the reins. So, yeah, I love Jaden Springer here to Houston. Houston has back-to-back picks. I have them going power forward, Isaiah Todd. Again, Houston, they know they're in a longer rebuilding process. Isaiah Todd, I think, could go even higher. His ceiling's high. Didn't get a lot of opportunities for the Ignite team, but I think he's very raw, and I think he'd be very good and be a good pick here for Houston. Clippers. Uh, point guard, or my opinion, would be the the need. Nishan Highland, who ra- his draft stock rose so high from the combine. I have him going here at 25 to the Clippers. Can you know can shoot. Needs to be smarter on the defensive end, but he can shoot and play make. I like that pick. Uh, hold on. At 26, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, you know, Will Barton opted out. I think two guards in need. Trey Murphy, 6'8", two guard from Virginia, can shoot it. He's ready to play now. Come from a you know a school that, you know, when they come out, they're ready to play at Virginia. So, yeah, I love this pick for them. He can shoot it, play defense. Really good pick here for Denver if they can get him at 26. He could. Some people say he could be into the lottery or even definitely top, possibly top 20. Uh, Nets, again, Nets will pick. In my opinion, they'll look probably for size, maybe shooting. But Charles Bassey, seven foot center out of Western Kentucky, supposed to be unreal. You know, I think it didn't work out as planned for him. But again, a guy I think that the Nets can mold, and they need a center, in my opinion. So I think this is the Nets are picking for picking for luxury. Uh, Philadelphia, I have them going to two guard that can score. They need scoring, all three levels. Cameron Thomas out of LSU. Freshman, I love his game, man. I think, in my opinion, if I was doing the draft my way, he would be going higher. I love his game. Phoenix, I have them picking a point guard. Uh, possibly lose Cameron Payne this offseason. It is, it is a possibility. But even if you don't lose Cameron Payne, Chris Paul's not going to be there forever. So Trey Mann out of Florida, come in, learn from Chris Paul, and then possibly be the guy after. I think he's another guy that could be going way higher than 29. And uh, Utah. Aging a little bit at the power forward spot. I have them going Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I love him out of Villanova. Um, you know, going back for his sophomore year, I think he probably would have still been a mid to late first round pick last year. But I think, you know, now a lot of people have him at best around this 26 to 30 range, most likely an early second, though. I think his upside's nice, though. Jazz get a guy they can mold Jeremiah Robinson Earl. So that will be it for the podcast. Um, we'll be back Tuesday with my final mock draft. All other NBA talk, free agency talk. Uh, 
NFL stuff. Um, obviously talk about Dillashaw Sandhagen. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. Peace.